Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 89 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. And today we're going to pray against doubt. Today I want to take you into a biblical narrative. I want us to step into this story so that we can grab hold of the emotion of what is taking place. Because it's a place that I think most believers, if not all, will find themselves in one day. We all recognize the story of Jesus and we see how in the early parts of this story when Mary had first become pregnant and she set out to go meet her cousin Elizabeth. As soon as Mary begins to approach with the Messiah, the baby Jesus in her womb, it says that John the Baptist, who was in Elizabeth's womb, which would have been Jesus's cousin, as soon as they approached, John the Baptist leaped in the womb. The first person to recognize the Christ was an unborn child. It was John the Baptist. His spirit leaped. There was a physical reaction. Already he was recognizing the king. We fast forward many years and Jesus is beginning to reveal himself in subtle ways and can provoke many to envy, but he's not completely revealing. We see Jesus that comes and sits in the temple in Luke chapter 4 verse 17. And he does this astonishing thing. It says, and there was delivered unto him, Jesus, the book of the prophet. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and gave it again unto the minister, and then sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Understand what Jesus was implying here. He was reading a prophecy that they all would have understood was a messianic prophecy of the Messiah to come. And he was revealing to them that this day it is fulfilled for the Messiah is here. Of course, they did not believe this. In fact, they thought that it was blasphemous. For him to even consider that he might be the anointed one, the one that God had been prophesying would be coming to turn the hearts of the people back to the king. But one person he knew, he had felt it from the womb, John the Baptist. So we see in John chapter 1 verse 29, 
when Jesus stepped in to be baptized by John the Baptist, we read that it says, the next day, John sees Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now, Jesus isn't the one announcing himself. Somebody else is professing that he is the Messiah. And who is it but John the Baptist, the one who recognized him? from the beginning. It says, this is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water, and John bare record, saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him and I knew him not but he that sent me to baptize with water said unto me upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God what John was saying was that he had been given a prophetic word he doesn't say who it came from whether it was from an angel of the Lord or from God himself but the word had been given to him to go forth and begin to baptize with water for the remission of sin, for repentance, because the kingdom of God is at hand. He is coming. The one that everyone has been waiting for is about to step in. And you will know that it's him when you see the spirit of God descend and rest upon him like a dove and stay there. Because you see, this had been prophesied hundreds of years before by the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 11, you can read where it says that there would come out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow a root and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And then it goes on to identify all the characteristics of this spirit. But John the Baptist recognized that this was the son of God and pronounced him publicly to the world that this is the lamb that has come to take away our sins. There was no more questioning. It had been revealed to him. And so from this point on, he preached and prophesied and professed the coming of the Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent. It is this Jesus. I don't think there was any man in all of Israel more convinced of this than John the Baptist. Yet when we turn to Luke chapter 7 verse 19, we read a different side of the story, something that you and me will all experience at one point or another. So we need to understand what's happening. After spending 30 years in the wilderness, seeking the Lord, being prepared by him for a ministry that he was promised would shake the nations and change the world. It would be a great and mighty thing. It would usher in the king with miracle working power. Here was John the Baptist faithfully and within less than a year of this ministry where there was no miracle seen by his hand, but only a constant and sure prophetic word to repent all of a sudden he's thrown in prison and while he's in prison the enemy gets in his ear and starts to speak lies and doubt and John the Baptist starts to question why did he question it says in verse 19 and John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them to Jesus saying art thou he 
that should come? Or do we look for another? So when the men were come unto Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto you, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? What was it that the enemy spoke to him that caused John to question? That allowed that seed of doubt to begin to take root in him? Remember what I said in the beginning when Jesus read the prophecy of the coming Messiah. It said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, the recovering of sight to the blind and deliverance to the captive. John the Baptist knew that the Messiah, the one that was coming, was prophesied to be one who would set the captive free. And now he is bound in prison and it doesn't look like he's coming for me. Is he really the one? Could it be that I missed something? Maybe there's another coming. And in understanding this, we can understand why Jesus gave the response that he did. It doesn't say that Jesus answered his disciples immediately. They're asking, are you truly the Messiah, the one that was prophesied? That would set the captive free and do all of these mighty things because John the Baptist needs that king. He's been imprisoned. He's held captive. Things aren't going the way that he thought that they would. He's been faithful. Why does he feel forsaken? Jesus didn't reply right away. It says that instead, in that same hour, he began to cure many of their infirmities and plagues and cast out evil spirits and restored sight to many that were blind. Do you see what Jesus is doing? In 22, it says, Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Go your way and tell John the things that ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. See, I don't know if we really grab hold to what Jesus is saying, but John the Baptist would have known what he meant. Jesus was showing how he was fulfilling those scriptures, just not in the way that John expected. Jesus was bringing deliverance to the captive in casting out the oppression of the enemy, those devils that were being thrown out and healing the sick. That prophecy was being fulfilled in that he was saying, I am fulfilling keep believing but please don't be offended that it's not your lot to be set free from this physical prison sometimes it's just not our position God does everything with perfection there is a reason and there is a blessing when you fulfill the role that you have been given and keep the faith and don't get offended with him that it might not be exactly what you expected. Jesus was fulfilling that prophecy. He was restoring sight to the blind. And he wanted them to tell John the Baptist this. To rekindle his faith again in who he is. He was preaching the gospel to the poor. He was mending the brokenhearted. He was setting the captive free. 
We have to believe in the perfection of what he is doing and not be offended when it doesn't please me. And as soon as John's disciples had departed, it's to go back and to tell John not to doubt that this is the one. God has a plan. Just trust in him. And John sat in that prison awaiting death, maybe even thinking what is left for me. There is no glory in this. I did no mighty work. All I did was deliver a word. At the same time that he's in this place of doubt and despair in a whole nother scene that he is unaware of. Jesus, God in the flesh, is speaking to all men of John's greatness. In verse 24 it says, And when the messengers of John were departed, Jesus began to speak unto the people concerning John, saying, What went you into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken of the wind? Remember that John was always preaching in the wilderness. He was never given a great platform. He just preached that the people should repent and then baptized them. In verse 25, it says, What went you out there to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? In fancy clothes to behold? No, of course not. They which are gorgeously apparelled live delicately or in king's courts. He's saying, what did you expect when you went out into the wilderness? Did you expect a big stage? Did you expect a king's court? Did you expect to see someone of great stature and great apparel and great possession? Did you expect to see someone who seemed to be surrounded by material blessings? Did you expect to see someone of great reputation among the people of the world? Did you expect to see what you see in the palaces and the temples? No, that's not what you went out there to see. In verse 26, he says, What did you go out there to see? A prophet? Yes, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. Jesus was saying, no, you didn't go all the way out into that wilderness, into that barren place, into the middle of nowhere where there was nothing to see the counterfeits, to see the show, to see the Pharisees or the kings or their jesters in fancy things. You went out to see the real thing, a prophet of God, and even more than that. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I sent my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before me. For I say unto you this day, among those that have been born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. While John was in his lowest place, in that prison, feeling rejected, saying, this is not what I expected, God himself was commending him before all men. My friend, you don't know the end from the beginning, but God does. This is a story that we are still telling, and all the world is still professing that there was none greater than John the Baptist. What a true blessing. So even in his moment of doubt, when he began to look at the scriptures and say, I don't think this is playing out. I don't think this is happening the way that it's supposed to happen. It doesn't make sense to my mind. God is saying, hold on to faith because victory is mine. 
I know what I'm doing and I've chosen you for great reward. There is nothing that we have ever poured out before the Lord that he will not pour back more. It just may not always come the way we expect it. It may come as a greater blessing, one that is eternal. Because Paul said it is not he who commends himself that the Lord approves, but who the Lord commends. And in the end, God himself commended John the Baptist. Lord, help us to not have doubt. Even when things don't seem like they're turning out. Even when it seems like we've put all of our faith and we were willing to stand and to shout. And then we realize we really didn't have it all figured out. We did our part. We said it right. We did it right. We got into position. But this is not how we thought you would end it. But you have a bigger story to tell. And we've got to believe in it and trust you for it. Because you will bring us greater glory than we could ever hope for. If we will keep our faith in the Lord and not be offended. Because my friend, offense is not just something we can have against the enemy. Offense is something we can have against our king. Because things did not end the way that we expected them to. I assure you, they will end in a way that is best for you. John the Baptist was being spared. All of the trial and the hardship and the trauma that was about to be unleashed on all those that believed. It would have been unleashed on him most of all because he was willing to preach before anyone else even believed. God was calling him home to receive his reward and his victory. And even in the process, God was commending him to all men for all of history. He had no reason to be offended. He just didn't see the end from the beginning. Lord, help us to have faith and to believe in your goodness, in your faithfulness, in your provision, in your story, in your wisdom, that you do see the end from the beginning. And as long as we fulfill our role in it, we will receive the reward for it. Let us not be offended when it doesn't look the way that we expected, but let us have faith even when it seems like we're being neglected, that we can say our God is good. He is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he would. I believe in the king that has been revealed to me personally, and no lie of the enemy will cause me to be offended with him and lose faith in who he is or what I believe. Today, we curse doubt at the root and we give praise to God for his faithfulness in what he is doing. And we say thank you for our role in it. And we thank you for the perfect way that you fulfill it. And we will not be offended, but we will have faith as we praise our great God and King Jesus, the anointed one, the giver of all good things. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.